Kia ora, I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihanga and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in parliament too a great deal too much talk. Over the coming weeks, we'll be cutting through the talk and chatting with candidates and commentators ahead of the local body election about their vision for Onihanga and the surrounding suburbs. It's time to start talking to local board candidates. As we've learned from this podcast series so far, the local board is charged with decision-making on local issues, activities and services, and provide input into regional strategies, policies, plans and decisions. In this episode, I chat with the candidates running for the local board from City Vision. Danica Revel, Diana Fuka, and Shia Rana. Well, kia ora, Danica, Diana, and Shia. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thank you. Thank kia ora. Kia ora. Now, I wanted to begin because at the moment, the entire Monga Care Care local board is made up of CNR, that is Communities and Residents Candidates. You're all here representing City Vision, hoping to replace the incumbent local board. One of the things that's always really hard to do during these local elections is really get to know the people behind the names in that little booklet that you get sent in the mail. (laughs) And you have some quite varied backgrounds. So I want to begin with a very simple question to each of you. Can you tell us about yourself and your background in under two minutes? And we'll do this in alphabetical order. So I'll get Shia. Do you want to go first? Followed by uh, Danica, then Diana. And uh, just a a warning that I will stop you at the two minute mark if you uh, go on a little too long. So Shia, over to you. So I'm from India, migrant in 1992, have three children, two in healthcare, both of them are paramedic, I'm a nurse myself, been here 30 years, and yeah, I've been nursing for 20 years. What else I can say about me? I'm always related to the community, I'm always into the, like, I work at the school right now, and looking at the youth crime at the moment, my heart cries. I really want to help my skill putting into the community mm. to see if we can help stopping the youth crime right now. It's a current agenda, you know, everywhere, everywhere we're seeing the, mm. you know, so I do, I do have the little, you know, to do with the school. I work with the intermediate level and I work with the primary level. So maybe my skill will come into handy to help with those kids I who really so. need my. Excellent. Oh, thank you for being here. Uh, Danica, over to you. So uh, I was born up in uh, Queensland, so I'm a Queenslander at heart, um, and I was raised in northern New South Wales. Um, I moved down to Sydney when high school finished and I heard this sexy international accent and I turned around and I was like, where are you from? And this guy was like, I'm from Rotorua, New Zealand. (laughs) That was 15 years ago. Um, We did London and Paris together, um, as you do, came back to Auckland um, and we bought a place in Onihanga nine years ago, which we thought at the time was the top of the the property uh, spike. Um, but clearly was not. Um, had a couple of kids, as you do, um, and sort of had this idea to do a period pop-up shop and then it accidentally turned into a charity. Uh, the period place is Aotearoa's largest menstrual advocacy charity. We have helped petition the government to put period products in schools, donated over 1.4 million period products around the country through our partners from Kaitai to Invercargill, Um a handful of those are based in Unihanga and even more around Maungakiki. Um, 
I've always fought for the underdog. Um, I got extra bullied at school because I was always standing up for my mates as well as myself. Um, and I am so, so values-led, um, which now I'm doing values-led work through my mahi at the period place and through, you know, my parenting, trying to raise two little preschooler dudes to be awesome little feminists um, and treat everybody equally. None of this boys will be boys culture in my house. <laughs> um <laughs> And, yeah, life's just good. So why not be able to give back while life's good? Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for being here too. And, uh, Diana, uh, your two minutes. Kia ora and malo lele, Tim. Thank you for the opportunity. My name is Diana Fuka, born and raised in Tonga. My mother comes from Tatakamotonga Folaha. My father comes from Kolofo'o. There is three main reasons why we migrate to New Zealand, Tim, is jobs, education, and a new beginning of life. I married twice and had 10 children and one mokopuna. I'm well supported with my husband and my children. I also well connected by church, Etu Union, Te Oho Whakafanaunga. I also connected with 1989 School of Up For All ex-students. I'm also a member of Board of Trustees for Koro Primary School. I'm also committed in serving our community as a justice of peace. And not only that, I'm also a married celebrant. I also a member of a Tongan community called Haape Matameilangi. I also join with the other community, Kolotonga, as we say, a group in Tonga called Korofo'o, Tatakamotonga, Folaha, and Ha'alalo. A place that I love the most to spend time relaxing is in, at Good Homes in Onehanga. <laughs> and my family place is Onehanga Bay Reserve. That's where we got myself and the kids and husband relax and have a brief in the, in the bay. Malo. That's great. Thanks. Awesome intros. Okay. Um, now I want to dive in. I've trawled through your priorities uh, that you've that you've penned uh, as as candidates. <laughs> and uh, Danica, I want to start with a question for you. Uh, you mentioned that you want to build thriving communities with a sense of place and self reliance and reduce inequality. Could you give me an example of something that you would like to change or perhaps implement to enable those thriving communities that you mention within Monga Keke? Yeah. So. I, as I said, I've lived here for nine years, um, and it, the first time I really got engaged with local board when it was when I was on the Onihunga Business Association board, uh, and then I further engaged with them through my uh, role as the CEO of a charity, um, applying for local grants. But I think there's a real opportunity for local board to be more active uh, and proactive and get out there and engage with community members more. Um, I think you know, looking at the facilities that we have in the area and making sure that they're available for everybody, making sure that the context of people, um, you know, what is the most important thing in the world is the people, it is the people, it is the people, doing that at a hyper-local level, making sure that our swings are available for children in wheelchairs um, and, uh, you know, children with disabilities that need the lay-down swings, you know. Sitting on a swing and, and having a swing is... A, such an important, simple pastime that everyone has memories of, but it's something really simple that a lot of kids in our area can't currently uh, partake in. Uh, and so I want to look at everything that we're doing uh, in the community and make sure that we're making, uh, you know, we're making, we're, we're putting front and centre the people who are pushing the prams down the street, the people who are walking with their walkers down the street, as I said to you when we came in here, like footpaths, footpaths, we haven't even been elected and I'm 
all anyone wants to talk to me about is footpaths. Um, but it, it's so important. You know, the reality is that there are so many people in our area who aren't put first and thought about um, when it comes to all the facilities and the services that we offer. And so engaging with the community to make sure that they get a chance to say, hey, this is the time that suits me as a parent who drops kids off to school or picks them up, or this is the the way that I want to get to something. Um, mm. You know, a, a lot more than just putting a bloody wheelchair ramp in the front and then ticking a box and saying, we're accessible. Mm. That's oh, really, yeah, really interesting uh, insight and perspective. Um, Diana, I've got a, a question for you. You've mentioned that one of your top priorities is housing, and clearly this has been a big issue for Auckland for a very long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, in Onihanga, we have growing intensifications. And so, of course, uh, new housing, it's important that it's done properly and that we have the right infrastructure in place to match that. What kinds of things would you like to see done from a local board level uh, to really shift the dial on housing in our area and make uh, appropriate housing for all? Thank you, Tim. We need to be getting people into more warm, dry homes, but we also need to make sure that these homes are suitable for these people, for their culture and the way they live together internationally. There needs to be someone representing the people who are living or going to be living in these homes because there isn't enough for everyone at the moment. So we also need to make sure that the infrastructure about the housing and across the areas that are being intensified so that there ain't just extra people blown down in the places where nothing else done for them at oh. the area where they are. And then because I work under on Monte Cecilia Housing Trust, serving for people and giving them housing for emergency, it was, I said to myself, why would I try to be helping because I've seen the struggle, I've seen what people go through, Pacific and other ethnicities. And what's it's honoured me to follow these footsteps, um, Tim, because I could look up to all our Pacifica women's leaders. Example, Anahila Kanangata Asuiswiki, Jenny Salesa, Josephine Padley, or Maria Meredith, and the rest of the Pacific women I couldn't name. And these ones are inspired me and I say, hey, I could be their voice, I could be their, um, that values them, because what we need in Onehanga, in Maunga Kiekie, is a good place for our whanau. It's a good place for our family or good place for our family. Mm. I Diana think, um, for president! <laughs> I, I think we really saw that emphasised, particularly during the COVID lockdowns, right? You must have seen uh, so many instances where people were in housing that just wasn't appropriate, especially to, to have to be inside for such extended periods of time. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, Shaya, I have a question uh, for you. One of the things that you mention is transport, uh, and, and that's something that you'd particularly like to see improved. What, what are some of the changes to transport that you'd like to advocate for, uh, for our part of Auckland on the local board? You know, funny that you ask. Years ago, I went to London in '99, and I saw something was really amazed me that you buy one ticket and goes all day for you. You know, like you can use the train, you can use. You know, I would love to have this because as a, we are so-called Commonwealth country, we should have <laughs> same. You know, because we have a poor people too. People use the transport well, but you know, it used to be very nice to be. Catch the in a bus or train cost you six seven dollar, mm. you know, just to go in one trip to the city, and you know people don't have this kind of money. Mm. In Australia, I worked. People have the special pass, 
people who have the benefit, they have a special pass. People who has a disability, they have a special pass. People who has a, any mental illness or anything, mental health issues, they have a special pass. See, they're not forking out the money. So I want the transport to be better, accessible, easily accessible. You know, because I used to be working for $6 an hour, and then I couldn't catch the bus. I walked two hours just to make that 80 cents and 70 cents less for myself. Mm. So imagine to this date, nothing has changed. Mm. Uh, I just saw it in the news about not long ago, about 12.30 or 11 o'clock. It says 8.3 percentage rise in the cost of living again. So imagine what we are doing, you know. Mm. We, we want the, you know, emission, emission to be, you know, all this pollution to be, you know, go away. But how? How are we going to improve that, you know? If we make the transport easily accessible to each and individual, millionaire or no millionaire, doesn't matter. So everybody's enjoying the ride to go to the city, easily accessible, more more bus stop. I never have the bus stop where I live. <laughs> I have to walk up to the Horotutu Road. If mm. I want to catch the bus, Horotutu Road. Can you believe it? Yeah. So if I have the little baby, I have to maybe, maybe like, you know, take the stroller, raining or no raining, I will have to travel that far. So it's like, where is the enough bus stop or where is it, you know? One of the things yeah. that Efeso talks about, like his, is it his number one policy is the free fares? His flagship policy. Yeah, yeah. flagship policy is free fares. Um, and free fare maybe now. There was a really, really good podcast episode on the spin-off podcast. What's Bernard Hickey's podcast? Is it When the Facts Change or is it Business is Boring? I think it's When the Facts Change, yeah. Yeah, and it was a couple of months ago and he had this amazing academic woman, Jen or Jen, I can't remember her name, and she explained why free fares work. You get more people using it. You don't have people lining up, tagging on and off, so you get a a more regular network, it's more trusted, more people go on it, and the amount of money that ticket sales contribute into the operations isn't, it's not like it's all, it's a quarter, I don't know the exact number, but, uh, and it actually really, really changed my mind on it because I was thinking could it be something on a scaled system where, you know, um, from an equity perspective, people who struggle to afford it got it, but actually if you just make it blanket across, it does increase efficiencies and just make it better for everybody and gets more cars off the road for people who can use the transport and then the people who have to drive have less traffic around them. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put that question to Efeso. I think you've done a good job of answering that for him, but we'll see, sure. we'll see what, more he has to, <laughs> what more he has to say on that. <laughs> um, I want to move, I think there's a lot we could say about transport and we might come back to that, uh, but I do want to move on to sort of some open questions that anyone can jump in and answer. Um, the, the first thing I want to ask about is crime, uh, because we've heard quite a lot about that on this uh, podcast. It's a big issue, and it's not just uh, the increase in ram raids that are so visible, but it's just general safety, security, and people feeling safe uh, when they're out on the streets. So what are the kinds of things that you, as City Vision, would like to see implemented by the local board or that you might advocate for to help prevent crime in Mongakeke or just make it feel safer for people uh, while they're out and about? So recently, my husband, my husband has a, he's a self-employed. Just, we have eight cameras around my house, but recently, because of the not enough street light, we could not see that person breaking my husband's van. Even our house is well secured with the eight camera, but we could not see him because the way he parked his uh, ute to break into my husband's van, we only can see his ute and he has used the headlight that we cannot say his number plate. So we need enough street light. We need a, at least every single intersection. 
we need a CCTV. So mm. we know who's traveling to our area. That must have been that frustrating. Eight cameras and you and you didn't capture the That's one of the things that the Onihanga Business Association is looking at doing. So they mm. at the moment their bid area is very focused on Onihanga yes. Mall and they're looking at expanding across Onihanga, Penrose, to Papa mm. further down because mm-hmm. the more organizations that are a part of it, the more budget, the more they can expand their CCTV. Mm. But that obviously wouldn't reach up to Shire in One Tree Hill and it wouldn't reach me where I am in uh I know, know, but at least every intersection, if they can, if there's... But streetlights are important because that also works in from a gender perspective so that people feel, you know, women walking back from a bus that you manage to catch Shire, um, you know, you feel more comfortable and safe doing it in the light. Diana, I can see that you've got your hand up. Diana is itching to say something. (laughs) Should we we go ahead, jump in. Um, thank you. I'm not really a person to interfering. I just always wait for the opportunity. But thank you, team, for the opportunity. Um, today, we, um, I have uh, the Labour has announced a better pathway package to support our local, our community, and the organisation to get our young people into jobs, um. education, and training, which is really good with what the Labour has been offered for our people, for our community. It is what happened now. We become to work alongside on all those groups to make it happen. And what we wanted to do, Tim, we wanted to see if our youth thrives through employment and get connected with the businesses locally where we could utilize our passing on our youth to go start working around on those, you know, as their starting point. Mm. And the youth were a very difficulty. I believe we could try to look, place them in some sort of organization is available to educate them and get their pathway brighter. You know, we never look look um, look down to all our youth, but we can make a change. We're there, we're here to make a change, to make the um, whole world, you know, whole believing of our community, they look down to our youth, but there's always a change, opportunities coming on the way. So let's take that up, um, candidates. We can do this. Yeah. We can twist the, the wheel and make our youth better. I love that, twist yeah. the wheel. Remember, hey, I'm a school nurse. Remember, I can be. <laughs> I think that working together as, you know, focusing on individuals, focusing on Fano. there's, it's been a, hell of a ride the last couple of years for every single person in a different way and there's a lot of organizations out there that have been doing things that need more resources but when you look at you know the package that diana mentioned that's been released part of that that's coming under um the youth portfolio which is um the onihanga the mongakiki and the onihanga um mp priyanka that's that's her that that's you know going to be uh, uh, managing that at the top, at the highest level, but if we look at the community initiatives in Onihanga that are doing really well, that focus on the individual, um, that you know, I guess I don't want to say deficit. I don't like that word, but they look at what an issue is in the community. Um, there's two or three or four that I can think of, which I'll rattle off very quickly. Um, Onihanga Embracing Families, which started off as an idea with a couple of volunteers in the car park at Onihanga Countdown um, under a gazebo, which now has a permanent home in St Peter's Anglican Church um, with the most incredible vicar in the world, Petra. Um they are there every Saturday morning providing hot kai to anybody who wants to come in. They've got blankets, they've got food, they've got toys, they've got all sorts of things that people can come and grab. You don't have to be homeless to go and have a meal. You can go and engage and everybody eats up 
Onihanga Mall towards where, where the period place is. They, uh, they've wrapped a whole business model around that. It's pay-as-you-feel restaurant. If you can pay with dollars, you pay with dollars. If you can pay with a smile, you pay with a smile. And everybody gets to meet and come together. Now, they have centred, both those organisations have centred food as the issue um, in the local area. And so exactly like, you know, what Diana said, how can we focus employment and then wrap something around it? Or, you know, from, from Shire's point of view, you know, lighting, how can we get people involved in, in building things, in contributing things in our area that make it safer for everybody, that make people want to contribute? Because banging on about crime, talking about putting in more bollards, it's, 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 it's very one-dimensional, it's important that there are things there to stop people driving cars into into liquor stores or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but mm-hmm. we need to go deeper. And, and local board have a responsibility to do that at the most hyper-local level. And I am getting off my pedestal now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I just thought there was mention one more thing. When I met first time Robert, and, you know, when I came to this country in 1992, there's no way I can speak one word of English or anything. Mm. And I struggled to get into the community center to study part-time or learn English or anything like that. So first time when I met Robert, I said to him, I would love to have a council halls used for the positive parenting, using for the youth program, running free, free. Yeah. You know, in Manuka, when I was a Plunkett nurse, there's a Manuka, there's a few places, the church leader or anybody who has a free time, they're teaching the youth how to drive for free, oh. getting them a license for free, mm. getting them into the, you know, like any opportunity, like carpentry, whatever the interest is. So we have a lot of Onihanga Community Center, we have, you know, YMCA, we can use those council, you know. Diana Great. and I were at the Oranga Community yeah. Center on Friday for Tongan Language Week yeah. lunch, and we met the new community center manager for Oranga, who's also, for the first time, they're having co- she's managing Oranga and Onihanga and was talking about how now that there's one person managing both, she'll be able to look at programs across both and, and see what's yeah, available. Utilizing so, more, utilizing yeah, utilising more, utilising more. And, yeah. and getting the, engaging the youth into that program instead of, you know, throwing them back to society and more crime mm. and there's no way for them so to So quite a, yeah, quite a holistic yeah. approach yeah. Uh, that you're wanting yeah. to take there. recognizing uh, the strength and weakness. Okay. Well, why, why it is happening, you know? Yeah. yeah, lots, we could talk about that probably for the entire <laughs> podcast, but it's great, it's great to see that, uh, that you're, you're looking at, at different ways that you can tackle that. Um, but I will move on because I want to make sure we cover off a couple of other things go, before go. the end of the episode. Uh, another thing that we've heard about a lot, you can probably predict what I'm going to say is climate change. Uh, would each of you agree that that's a major challenge that needs to be addressed? Yes. Yes. It's the biggest. Yep. Okay. So with that in mind, open question, jump in if you want. Tell me about City Vision's priorities when it comes to climate change. City Vision, it blows my mind that City Vision is considered a progressive organization. When people tell me that my work at the period place is progressive, I'm like getting period products for people so that they can get out of their home is progressive. When people talk about City Vision being progressive because they're pushing for public transport, uh, you know, multimodal transport systems um, and supporting people um, to have safer, healthier outdoor spaces. I'm like, shouldn't that just be the baseline? <laughs> um, City Vision is made up of Labor, Greens and Independents, so, you know, generally the lefties um, who want to have a planet um, that 
we can all live in and our future generations can live in. I was talking to uh, some building experts at an event on, on Friday night and and while this isn't Onihanga Central, they were talking to me about uh, the population of Niue and how there's a very small population there, uh, a lot more here, and for the last 20 years they've been developing uh, places for when Niue is completely underwater and Aotearoa is the new mothership. And as a, as a world... We are screwing up this world and flying to Mars and seeing if that can be our new mothership when we've got people in Pacific nations or Pakistan or wherever experiencing it right now and looking to come to places um, like Aotearoa as the mothership. And I think that, yeah, it's hard and tough decisions have to be made, but we have to make those decisions because where is Aotearoa's mothership going to be if it goes under? Are we all going to pop over to Australia? I don't think colonisation worked out last time. Let's not try it again. <laughs> yeah, anyone else Anyone else want to comment on climate change at all? Well, everybody has the same answer kind of. <laughs> You're all aligned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all have the same thing to say, maybe different wording, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, I did. I was interested in um, your environmental policies. Looking through there, I thought it was quite cool to see that you're looking at supporting community-led gardens uh, and berm planting <laughs> where appropriate. Great. Tell me more about how that works. I'm all for the berm planting. Yeah, who berm doesn't planting. want to see more bees? Well, it cuts down on lawn mowing, right? So that's possibly. I uh, know. Possibly a good I think thing that for some of us. That, that, like in my household. Um, that's like the defining factor of will I get my husband's vote or not because that man is ridiculously proud of his berm um, shaping abilities and if I take away his berm, <laughs> will I still have a husband at the end of the day <laughs> is the question here. You know, those, you're talking about the community garden. You know, we, in the school program, we do have a, because I work in the school, we do have a veggie garden in this and that. But, you know, I, it really bothers me. I know it looks nice because I'm a, I do walk, like I said in the last interview in the country. You know, we have a, so many beautiful flowers there. But instead of growing this flower, we could use some of the parkland to grow the vegetable and give it to the needy people. Mm. Or have a maybe, you know, hot food. Or, or once in a week, we can use that vegetable just giving back to the community. You know what I mean? We got so much land lying around. So we get the youth, we get every age. There's no, there's no like a age limit for them. Two years old can hold the shovel and help us doing something. You know, watering the plant. So we can engage whole community. Mm. Doing the green garden and mm. green fingers. You know? So we don't, people don't have to worry about buying the fresh vegetable. They can come and help themselves. They don't have to spend $8 on yeah. cabbage. What about, what about you, Diana? Is that something that you think um, the communities that you work with, is that something that would, how, how, does, how would that help uh, them? Oh, thank you, Tim. Um, for what I'm thinking is the most important thing is we have to um, have some funding for our community groups out in Ongahanga, Maungakike. On that way, they utilize those funds and teaching, you know, they have a space. Yes, like you said, Shaya and Tanika, there's a space in there. But the other community, we encouraging, that's where we come through to connect with our community and get this space running. But, you know, more important one is we must get the, the funding out for our community to run these services. But at this stage, out in Maungakeke, we see some plants and some areas is already new gardens growing up in there, which is really good. 
but we can still connect it to our community and get this sorted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the group, with the groups are available and get them. And it's and also it's not just for our community. It will be also involve our youth, our families, our children, to learn about the soil and how they can make you know to grow a plant, to grow a tree. It's really good to get this involvement and then. You know, if I, I believe if we able ourselves to get out there and supporting our community and make this happening for them, to make a grant, to make the funding available for them. And for many mm. cultures, can I just build off that quickly, Diana? Yeah. For many cultures, you know, you look at how how culturally important the kumara is for tangata whenua, you know, giving them mm. spaces to engage in that and, and grow, it's not just a sweet potato. It's so much more than that that can lead to further conversations and and, and understanding and the, and people around them who aren't, uh, you know, our ancestors didn't, didn't come from this country. We have the opportunity to learn alongside them while we're doing something as simple as planting and, and watering and growing and cultivating something. Mm. I can teach them how to make the curry out of that. Can you do that? Oh, how's that <laughs> <Delicious>. realistic? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move from gardens to to streets. Uh, so, sell me an idea or a change from each of you. I, I want to hear from from all of you on this. Something you'd like to see implemented uh, to make the streets of Monga Kea safer for the community, for all users. Diana, do you want to go first? Okay. Um, thank you. Uh, what, I, what I have looked in, in Maunga Keke, uh, the crossing, the pedestrian, it needs to be hard, like to make it really bright for our people to utilize, for the community to utilize. And also what, what we really need, if I'm in the board, um, elected to the, in the board, I will be racing to make sure that our road, our street, our footpaths are safe to be used by our community. It's not by our community, it's also including our disability people. We are, have to be very mindful that our disability people sometimes or most times they use the footpath, make sure that it's all level and then shape it up for them for their accessibility in there. But otherwise, we like I, um, I will be the same answer with Danica and Shaya that we want the better outcome for Mauna Kea on roads and streets mm. and safety. Mm. Maybe we'll go to Danica. Do you want to do you want to jump in and, and talk about what you'd like to implement on the streets? So my husband watched um, Tour de France and got incredibly inspired and bought himself a road bike um, with the lovely lycra pants and, and shirt that goes with it. And he took it out for the first time. He got it for Father's Day uh, and bought it for himself for Father's Day <laughs> and uh, Took it out for a, for a ride that afternoon and I put up this post on Facebook because, like I said, I'm values-led and I literally have a tattoo on my on, a heart on my sleeve. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I put up a post that said it's Father's Day and my husband's taking the bike from uh, the lower slopes of One Tree Hill, where we live, up to ride around a few laps and come home. And I'm really happy for him because it's an awesome hobby and it's great, but I'm also really hoping that at the end of Father's Day my kids still have a father to celebrate because they might not. And, yeah, it was dramatic and, yeah, it was over the top, but it was also real because people have accidents every day. People open doors without mm. thinking or seeing. We, we've all done it before. 
Um, and I think that there needs to be better protection, you know, chucking a cycle lane in where a bus is or not putting protection between the cycle lanes and the cars. Um, it doesn't just save people's lives. It saves long life injuries. It saves injuries that take people years or long, many months to, to recover from. It impacts people. It impacts the people who accidentally open their car door, just like it impacts the people who have the car door open and then accidentally swing in front of a truck like happened to that, you know, 19-year-old mm. boy on the Royal Oak roundabout a few months ago. So, mm. you know, we need to think about everybody who's using the transport system as a whole uh, and what we can do to make all the elements of the system work better together and not pit each other you know, against, I'm an e-bike rider, I'm a road bike rider, I'm a car rider, We, you know, Cars aren't, aren't going to work for everyone and bikes aren't going to work for everyone and that's okay. Yep. You can a, tell I'm, just, that... I'm so sick of being angry about it all. I just like, can we just get our shit together and start moving forward? There's a lot of angry uh, road users out there, but there's also a lot of people that, that agree with what you're saying. So, yeah, yeah here. Uh, Shia, uh, how, over to you. Just one more last thing I wanted to say about the pedestrian. We're still getting the accident, people still run or hit and run and people still dying on it. We need a better solution. You know, when we come to the local board, we want to make sure, you know, people don't drive fast. So there are some kind of, you know, consequences. Mm -hmm. If the car goes past, there should be catched on the camera or there should be siren or something. You know, we can make it on the pedestrian instead of, you know, those gloomy lights or whatever they're doing because mm. it's not safe. I still to this day, still to this day, I'm scared to, you know, cross the pedestrian because I've seen it myself that people get run over. Even they try to walk on that little strap, but they still get run over. When I've been out door knocking, uh, multiple people have said to me that, that some of the wider streets in Onihanga that are sort of, that are the avenues should be slower because they are wider. And so with parked cars on either side, you can still get to traffic going either way really comfortably. And people are hooning down Gray Street. They're hooning down Hedatonga Avenue. They're doing 60 or 70 and then slamming the brakes on at the end because you know, they're coming to the, the to a T-junction. So mm. that's something mm. that could be looked Inter at as well. Yeah, interesting perspectives there. All right, so time for everybody's favourite part of the podcast, the quick fire round. Uh, and and just so that we can all follow follow along who, the responses, I want to do it in alphabetical order. So Shai, I'll get you to go first for each question, then Danica, then Diana. Uh, and we'll, we'll start with asking, and I think most of you have covered this off, but uh, what suburb do you live in? Shai. I live in Greenland, Wantley Hill. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Danica? Uh, I live in Onihanga, except if you go on the New Zealand Post website, then apparently I'm to Papa. <laughs> Great. And Diana? I live in Fawona, Mangere. All right. Uh, and when was the last time you used public transport? Every school holidays. On the weekend to go to Billie Eilish. Nice. The opportunity that I have to go out to the city for a meeting out at courthouse, I have to go by buses or train. Um, at this stage, we postpone it until the campaign is done and my kids, we go out for bus and train and bike riding out in the city or on the hangar, whatever sites that they want to. Yep, good mention of bike riding. Seamlessly into the next question. <laughs> when, was the last time, when was the last time you rode a bike in Auckland? I, I personally haven't rode the bike for many years now, sorry. That's all right. Uh, uh, 
Julie Ferry from the local board area next door lent me her e-bike a couple of weeks ago because um, I've been saving up to buy one so that I could have a little tester and it was amazing. Fan of the e-bike? Oh, you barely have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I could actually keep up with my three and four-year-old on their little bikes. It was bloody awesome instead of running after them with my backpack full of their snacks and drink bottles. <laughs> and Diana? Um, I'm scared of riding on the on where the bike line is. What I did, Tim, I ride mm. on the footpath where I know it's not supposed to be, but this is how I feel safety in it. Um, still need a safe lines for Onehanga to ride on it instead of like myself fear to ride on the on the road where it's provided for a bike ride. And I take on the footpath. But next time, I will definitely try to go on the on the bike lane where I don't have a fear. You know, I'm just too scared. I mm. might end up by um, hit by a car, but I will focus next time. Wait until the barriers are there and then you can do it. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Okay. Uh, so how often do you drive in a car? Daily. Yeah, daily, but also trying to reduce it. So my husband and I, we both have really autonomous roles, which a lot of people don't have, uh, and we alternate daycare drop-offs. And the days that I don't do daycare drop-offs because I only live one kilometre from work, I've tried to make my calendar that there's no external out-of-Onihanga meetings that day so I can walk to work and meetings and come home. But it's been a hell of a lot of organisation. I walk to work sometimes because now our office is our main office in Mangere and I'm not too far from there, maybe taking half an hour to walk from home to work. But if it's raining or something, it's really urgent, then I hop in the car. Otherwise, I enjoy my walk there and about in the city. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, do you support light rail from Onihanga to the airport? Of course, it will be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Light rail, above ground, underground, flying through the air. Just get it done. 100% agree. Okay, that's a, that's a clear clear yes from each of you. Uh, do you think the streets in Mongakeke are currently safe? Well, i just given you my husband example. Yep. Got robbed. <sighs> yes and no. Streets everywhere for me as a woman, they've never been safe. Um, it doesn't matter where I've lived around the world. If I'm walking home late at night, I've always called somebody. Uh, if, I'm have, if I've had a few drinks at the Bramble on Onehunga Mall and I'm walking back home, I call my friends in Farno in Australia because they're two hours behind. Uh, and my friends, jokingly, when I call them, um, it'll be, you know, nine o'clock their time. They pick up and they say, oh, is this a safety call? And it's not the safety call because it can keep me safe from doing anything, uh, from, sorry, from being hurt in any way. It's so that if I am attacked on the way home, they can hang up and call my husband and let me know. Which that's that's the world for a lot of people. So, that you know, what does safe mean? Does safe mean for businesses? Does safe mean for women anywhere walking at night? Does safe mean for um, people with wheelchairs being able to go down Onihanga Mall on a flat surface and not have to worry about falling out? You know. Hmm. For me, I I believe um, I would like to um, take my head to the. The current board at the moment, especially um, Josephine Bartley, she has doing her best to work alongside with Auckland Council and trying to make a change for Maunakia Kia. But at this stage, I, I, I do my best and try to connect with the other agencies what they can make a change. But we can't, we can't tell what's the current at the moment. But to be honest, if we in the board or we sit on our elected 
seed, then I will definitely follow up and see what needs to be changed in there um, with our roads in Maungakeke to make sure it's safe for our children, for our disabilities, for others to utilize that. Thank you. Okay. And uh, I wanted to ask if, if in one sentence, if you could tell me, if you could just make one change in Onihanga. Uh, so if you could get on the local board and do one thing to make Onihanga better or to revitalize it, what would that one thing be? Work along together, bringing them together. At the moment, we are not. Yeah, putting the people first. Um, to try and sound a little bit different from Chaya, I'm going to say social procurement, something that I'm really passionate about. I hate the word passionate, but it's something that I'm really uh, interested in uh, and I do as much as I can at work. You know, how do you turn every dollar into three? So if we're... If we get elected to local board, how can we use the the funds and use our positions to hire people in the local area so that there's money coming into the local area, it's being spent in the local area, there's less emissions for people having to travel? Um, how can we how can we get the best bang for our buck across everything? Um, for me, I believe what I wanted to see for Maungakiakia is for our mall to be upgrading. That's it. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. And, and so for those avid listeners of the podcast, you'll realize that I've mixed up the quick fire questions a little bit for the local board candidates just so that you couldn't pre-prepare everything. But we'll love return it. to the final question I always ask. Tell me about your favorite place in Onihanga and why you love it. I love Dress Mark. Ah! There's more need to be improved there, though. Accessing <laughs> and going in and out, so... But it's the best place. Every school holiday we use twice or three times. Yep. Every school holiday we go. We don't go daily unless we need something, but every school holiday we go. It's our favorite place to hang out. For me, it's the grotto. Um, we've known about it for years because we live quite close to it, but really got to know every square inch of it intimately during lockdowns with, um, at the time, three and three and four, uh, two and three-year-olds um, and riding our bikes up and down it and climbing all over the old ruins and pretending that it was an old castle and there were dragons there and taking books and reading. It, it's a really, really cool spot. Mm, real hidden spot. Real mm. hidden spot. Okay, Diana, don't tell Diana, everybody ha- about it. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, how about you? Um, it's on the Hangar Reserve Bay. Um, you know, I work for um, transitional housing and what I do, I encouraging our family to utilize this space. I love that space. There's a park for our children. You mm. have a time to sit under the tree, have a picnic or have a, you know, have a quiet time with family. And that's why I love the most of that area. And you can see the dogs owner walking around with their dogs around the bay, which is pretty <laughs> great. I yeah. love that. Awesome. Okay, and fi- final question uh, to each of you. I just want to give you a chance in less than one minute to tell us why people listening uh, should consider voting for you and for City Vision rather than keeping the status quo. Shia, I'll let you go first. Because we are here to work, not just saying it. We want to work and we want to help. Great. Danica? I'm going to take up my whole minute. Um, Women deserve to be in places where decisions are being made. And there is one wahine that is uh, sitting there at the moment, um, but she looks a lot like me. Um, There's nobody in the role at the moment that looks like Diana and there's nobody that looks like Shia. And there are communities that are not represented in our area and they bloody deserve to be. Um, You know, 
as you've heard from all three of us, we're all on the same page, centering people, making sure that people are engaged with and heard before things are going out. And also really importantly, if something gets voted to start as a pilot, uh, for example, um, we see it as our role, and I really see it as my role, to let the community know about that. Just because there might be things coming that we don't agree with doesn't mean that's where our engagement ends. It doesn't matter whether we're pushing forward policies that we agree with or things that we get outvoted on. It's still our responsibility to engage with the community and let people know what's going on, and that's, that's our commitment. You, you were bang on up. one minute there. I'm going to have to stop you there because you're exactly one minute. Perfect timing. <laughs> uh, and Diana. Um, thank you, Tim. I'm very proud, strong Pacific wahine or Pacific woman, and I'm happy to stand as a representative to be their voice, to be their um, supportive, and I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to stay, Tim, and I'm going to push my word for winning. Win, win, win. Let's go, Tim. Thank you. Awesome. Shaya, Danica, Diana, thank you so much for being uh, with us and taking the time to share your vision and City Vision's vision uh, for the local board. Thank you. I can't wait. And good luck for the rest of the interviews. And thanks for starting this awesome podcast. Thanks for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and your neighbours. And make sure to connect with me on social media. I'm Tim underscore McCready on both Twitter and Instagram, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks also to my producer, Josh Couch, who dreamed up Onihanga FM to bring hyper-local content to the residents of Onihanga and surrounding suburbs. I'll be back with the next episode soon. And don't forget to vote. Voting closes on the 8th of October. Mm